What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Similar Conversations with Poe. I'm your host today, Poe, and we are back with another episode. This is episode 16. Uh, it's even crazy. I should have had a couple more episodes done by now, but I've had a, I've had a lot going on. Uh, uh, a lot of stuff going on, so... But it doesn't matter, because today we are back with another episode, episode 16, as I said. And today's topic, today's review, sorry, is going to be on Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese's newest film. Uh, and I just blown away by this film before i get before i explain everything else excuse me it i was blown away cinema and hollywood do not deserve martin scorsese that man genius doesn't even genius doesn't even describe the level of what martin scorsese has impact on cinema because that man is just we're so lucky to still have Martin Scorsese in this day and age. You know, I see a lot of people... I know there's been a lot of talk about people going on about with, with his comments about comic book movies and and everything else, and I don't care. Because he is within his rights to say whatever he wants. Whether you agree with him or not agree with him about comic book movies, it doesn't matter. Because that man in that man's impact on cinema, and Hollywood as a, as a general as well, is unbelievable we're not going to get too political about that i'm just saying that you know there's been a lot of talk because he's getting given more views i think he just does it just to piss people off which if, which if he does i think it's hilarious because people get so caught up about it and i mean i'd be honest i, I was at, at, at the start you know i was a bit of a snob and thought that and, and thought that you know whatever like they are cinema and everything but he's right in everything he said but we're not going to get too political on that because we're not here to talk about that. Maybe in another future episode or not. But for me, Killers of the Flower Moon, it's a cinema, it's it's a masterpiece, but it is also a cinematic masterpiece as well. This film, it's never a dull moment. From the opening shot to the closing shot, the end shot, sorry, it is unbelievable and i got to see this actually i just want to point out i got to see this a day before release cineworld uh all the cineworlds in the uk got an exclusive screening the day before of killers of the flower moon which was great because i'm working all weekend as i record this and they uh it said that on thursday they were getting an exclusive screening for it and i was like you bet your ass i'm gonna be there and i went and i just don't know how to go back to reality. It was unbelievable. I, for me, this film was just was just incredible. Doesn't even describe this film. This film was just. It was. It, it lives. There was for me. There was no expectations because it's Martin Scorsese, and you're gonna get a brilliant film regardless whatever he does. So there was there was no there was not like oh it might not be good I was like no I was on board I avoided the trailer because I didn't want to watch anything and I've been trying to avoid trailers but they were showing it in the trailer and I was like oh well for a film that's two hundred and seven minutes or two hundred and six I think it is I was like it's not really showing that much and to be honest I don't think in the trailer it shows you nowhere near as what happens in the film 
because for a film that's three and a half hours long, it keeps you glued to your seats. Now I've been, I, and the other thing I just want to quickly point out is that people, I've been seeing a lot of people moaning about it being over th- three hours long and saying no one should watch a film that's three hours long. And it's like, but you can binge watch a show that's ten hours long. It's it, it's no difference. It makes no sense to me. You know, most shows nowadays are, are an hour at least. So if you can watch 10 of those, that's 10 hours. That's nothing. You know, if you aren't prepared to commit yourself to, to a film that's only three and a half hours long, then what the hell? You know, I think for me, I think it was perfect. Everything was in, was, was, was fleshed out enough. You know, it, nothing was too crammed. Everything was, was, was explained well. Everything was just perfect and this film is perfect i don't feel there's any pro- i don't think there's any issues with this and if people pick this film apart i'm sorry but i will go just go mental adam because it's it is it is a perfect film the writing is incredible the cinematography i think i could be wrong on this the cinematography in this film for me it's probably one of the best it's ever looked in a Martin Scorsese film. I mean, he has incredible cinematography throughout his film, but I think Killers of the Flower Moon might be just one of my favourites in terms of the cinematography because it was unbelievable. Just the way, like, how he shot things and got stuff and and stuff that's in the frame of the camera. It was incredible. Um, and it was... This, I could not just... I mean, because I was in two minds whether to do a review or not, like, to give a podcast on it or anything and I thought no I have to talk about this film one way or another but it was just unbelievable and I don't know how to feel about this I don't know when I say I don't know how to feel about this I mean I just don't know what to feel because I'm just I'm just blown away I'm speechless by this film I think the cast were incredible not just like one or two or three of the cast Every single cast that was in this film was just incredible, you know. The the, the, the characters were amazing in this. Uh, the, the cinematography is great. The writing was incredible. The story was incredible. You know, everything was fantastic. was just unbelievable in this film. It, just, it, it was just insane. And the funny thing is, is that it's based on a book as well. And I'm, I'm yet to read the book. I bought, I bought the book about a couple of weeks ago, so I'm... Hoping I can give the film a um, the film sorry the book a, a read soon. I've just had a lot going on, but I'm hoping I can read it soon. But as I said, you know, it's Killers of the Flower Moon um, by Martin Scorsese. He, he, he co-wrote the uh, the screenplay with Eric Roth. It's an American epic western crime drama um, centers around the series of Oklahoma murders in the Ansarge Nation during the nineteen twenties. And it stars Leo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, Robert De Niro, Jesse Plemons, Tantu Cordan- uh, Cordonito. I think I've probably spelled that wrong. John Lithgow and Brennan Fraser. And uh, the cinematography is by Rodrigo Prito. I hope I've got that wrong. If I've not, forgive me. And the music's by Robbie Robertson. And funnily enough, actually, this makes it the sixth collaboration between Leonardo DiCaprio and Scorsese, which is insane i've still got a few of um the only one that i've watched is departed and wolf of wall street with leo and martin scorsese 
and uh, funnily enough, this is wild. It's the tenth collab between Scor- Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro. Imagine that that you've been, and them two have been Robert De Niro and Scorsese have been friends since they, they were sixteen. Can you imagine being friends with someone from sixteen up to your eighties and you're still making films? That's just amazing. That's an unbelievable achievement. And you know, as I said, this film is just unbelievable you know it's incredible i've i've seen how many films have i seen with de niro and martin scorsese taxi driver mean streets casino goodfellas uh now killers of the flower moon so that's five i've got another five more to go like raging bull cape fear i forgot what else but this film was just unbelievable this was phenomenal and martin scorsese is one of my favorite directors as i think a lot of people are his favorite as well because he's just his attention to detail and this is something as well i noticed within the film the attention to detail in this film is unbelievable the the costumes design in this film is un is is incredible you know the attention to how things are in the 1920s is just un believable as well and the production design on this is insane it was i think it had a budget of 200 million um but yeah it had a budget of 200 million and there are some shots that i really want to know how were made so like there's a really good scene it's not a spoiler where they're showing about their the oils and stuff and i was like i want to know how they did that like did they really make those oil well things or did they use cg in it i don't know but what I witnessed with Killers of the Flower Moon is that you don't see many films like this at all in terms of detail, uh, attention, attention to detail, the colour of it, like the, um, oh, I forgot the word, the colour palette, that's it, the cast. Now, I want to point out here and say that Lily Gladstone was incredible. You know, if she doesn't get nominated, it would not surprise me if she doesn't get a nom- if she got if she doesn't get nominated if she got nominated for uh, an Oscar. But she was amazing, and I read that uh, it was said on Twitter that apparently she was going to quit acting or something to do. She was going to stop, and then apparently she got a call from Scorsese to star in this film, and I was like, oh, "Wow!" And she was absolutely incredible. She. I mean, I have seen people saying that she should have had more screen time, but it's not... It is about her, but it's not necessarily about her, if that makes sense. She was incredible. There are people that are saying that it's Leo DiCaprio's best performance of his career. I don't know, because I feel that whenever DiCaprio works with Scorsese, he always gives a phenomenal performance. Wolf of Wall Street was just an unbelievable performance from Leo. But that's not to say that this performance in Killers of the Flower Moon wasn't good. It because it was good. It was just incredible. Was it his favorite? Was it his performance uh, career best? I don't know. Because Leo's Leo Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, say what you want about him, but in terms of his acting, that man is unbelievable. I don't know if it's his best one because there's so many iconic performances given us. Like, uh, is it? Oh. Jack in uh in Titanic, Wolf of Wall Street, The Revenant, Aviator, Catch Me If You Can, which I've still yet to watch those two, Shutter Island, 
um, oh, there was another film, another one he did with, um, what's her name? Oh, bugger, bugger, bugger. Kate Winslow, there was another film he did, it was directed by Sam Mendes, I forgot the name. And for me, I think, to say that this is career best, I don't think they're wrong. But for me, I don't know, and, and it's not even a criticism, because I was looking out thinking, is this his career best? I don't know, but his performance in this film was incredible. I actually read the other day that uh, that said that apparently he would try he would improv lines and apparently Scorsese and De Niro would be like you doing too much there, which I just thought was hilarious. I was like, I would love to have been on. Could you imagine being on set and Leo does does an improv and Scorsese's like, let's not do that. <laughs> you know that would have been hilarious to watch, but I think. I don't know if it's his career best, but I'm not too. I'm not going to get myself hung up on that because I think you know Leonardo. It wouldn't surprise me if he got another Oscar nomination for this because he was, you know, he was absolutely incredible in this. And Robert De Niro, oh man, we got two legends in this film. We got two of cinema's finest actors, Leo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. And if I'm correct. It's not the first time that Leo and Robert have worked together because they worked on another film, which I forgot, but I believe it's the first Scorsese film they've worked together on, which is insane, absolutely insane. And to see them act with each other and the chemistry that they have as the characters on screen, oh my gosh, it was, it was like, it was like watching a beautiful game of tennis. If that's the, any, if that's, if I could, if I could, uh, describe it you know it was just how they bounced off each other how they worked off each other you could see it it didn't feel rushed the, the, the chemistry felt real and it was just Robert De Niro's character was I'm just gonna say it was a real bastard in this film like you realize he was just he really was but but Robert De Niro's performance though and how he conveys that in this film is incredible incredible and I could not have asked for anyone better than to do it I mean Robert De Niro is in his 80s and he's still acting and he is still showing you why Robert De Niro is one of the greatest actors of all time I've always said that Robert De Niro is one of the greatest of all time and he's a fantastic actor you know it was like just the other day I watched The Great Escaper with Michael Caine and he's 90 obviously he's now retired but he was still showing that he still got it at 90 and Robert De Niro, I know he's in his 80s, I don't know his, his, his actual age, but he's still showing you that he's still got it. And he is incredible in this film. He really, I, I think this might be my favourite from him, I don't know, because he's done a lot of great films, but this was just incredible. You know, I, I've not, I, don't, I haven't watched many films, I think the last film he did was uh, with Scorsese, oh, no sorry, it was with The Irishman, sorry, the last film he did with Scorsese was Irishman back in 2019, and that was incredible, uh, but, the, you know, whenever it's Scorsese and De Niro in a film, you know that you're just going to be given, not even gold, platinum, because these guys, they know what they're doing, they know, you know, Scorsese has a way of, of, of how to work with actors, and how he works with them, and how he gets them to be the best, but then even go even best of the best. It's like, it's incredible, you know. I also want to say as well that I was surprised uh, that I had a lot of people saying that Brendan Fraser's scenes got cut for whatever reasons. And I can tell you now, his scenes weren't cut. 
in the amount in the short time that he had on screen, he was fantastic. He was brilliant, as was Jesse Plemons as well. And I got to tell you, Jesse Plemons has, be- has fast become one of my favorite actors. Uh, you know, in especially in the Power of Dog, he was incredible in that, and he just seems to be like every anything he's in, he's incredible, and he really was incredible in this film. I just the only I think you could say the only criticism I had was that I wish he was in this a little bit more because he he just shined he was incredible uh, but him Ben Fraser and but as as I said though the rest of the cast were incredible and if you it's not a blink if you miss it but the guy who played Foggy from Daredevil in the Daredevil show if you he's in a couple of scenes too he doesn't have any um dialogue scenes but he's in a couple of scenes and i was like it's foggy from daredevil no way but he was um jesse plemons though he's a fantastic actor he really is fantastic as i said though the, like the, the entire cast were in brilliant like every um not even like every cast who was in this so like every character that they were put that was being played on screen by the actor or actress, they just nailed it. There was not one bad, bad. There was not one bad character that was poor or anything like that. Everyone gave a hundred percent, and I'm, I'm pretty. And I don't mean to sound rude when I say this, but it's Barton Scorsese. I don't think you can give a bad performance, or even if you do give a bad performance, it's not a bad performance because you know it was just everyone just did an incredible job and the entire crew though as well like the crew on, on this film with how they made it like transformed and took you to the 1920s was just unbelievable like yes it's Scorsese and he you know but the the cast the crew crew sorry yeah they how well it's Scorsese as well who plays part but how Scorsese and the whole crew transformed uh, made you go back in time in the 1920s I've always said, like, when you watch a film, like, from, from like, the 80s, 70s, or 60s, or 50s, or if you watch a film that's in a set period, I always kind of feel like you're time-traveling. I know that might not make as much sense, but I feel like, you know, you are trying time-traveling, because you're going back to a time and stuff, and everything. That That's how I've looked at it, but this, you know, just the production design and everything on this was just unbelievable. It was incredible. But... Martin Scorsese though is just we Hollywood does not deserve Scorsese because this man you know it, when we're living in with, with how films are going in today's age you know with the amount of sequels and reboots and remakes that we're getting Scorsese's just there going like nah not for me I'm doing I'm doing this and you know his passion and dedication and commitment to Hollywood is something that you don't really see a lot of you know, you, you you can see some directors that have passion, but there's very little. Some of them, I mean, most directors would say that they are passionate, but I think there are act there. Are, you can tell the difference between who's passionate and who's not. You know, there are there are definitely some who are still passionate. You know, Spielberg being one of them, Tarantino still being one of them, Nolan, Denis Villeneuve, James Cameron, uh, Greta Gerwig. Um, obviously Martin Scorsese, Edgar Wright. Um, you know, there's a there's there's quite a few, but not many. And I think you know, Scorsese. 
has made so many iconic films that I, that Killers of the Flower Moon should be up there because this film is just incredible. Yes, it's three and a half hours long, but it just it it's never a dull moment. There's never a bad scene in this film. It's just fantastic and it's just it's extraordinary. For me, definitely I had no idea what to expect. Someone said it was film of the year for them, and I agree because it is film of the year for me. There's a couple of other films I'm excited for, but Killers of the and I don't think Killers of the Flower Moon will be replaced. I think Killers of the Flower Moon now will remain the film of the year for me. You know, there's a couple of good ones coming out uh, in the next in the next couple of months, such as Saltburn, um, Hunger Games, Ferrari. Um, oh, what was the other one? Oh, bloody hell, I forgot. Um, obviously, it was Bike Riders, but that's been delayed, unfortunately, indefinitely. Um, I'm trying to think what else is some of my most anticipated films. I can't remember, but for me, I don't think Killers of the Flower Moon would be changed. And I think if Dune was still getting released, I don't think Dune would have been film of the year for me. Maybe next year, probably. But, because obviously it got Dune Part 2 got delayed, but this was just unbelievable. I'm still not in shock, but I just can't believe what I witnessed. I was there walking home and I just couldn't comprehend with what I just witnessed because that was just cinema everywhere. It was just unbelievable. It was extraordinary. And as I said, it is a masterpiece. It's a true cinematic masterpiece. You know, and it should be taught. That film should be studied and looked at, and everything. It should be, it should be studied a hundred percent because everything about that film is just incredible. The music as well is really, really good. Um, but oh, man, Scorsese is just the man. Like we, we as lovers of cinema and film should be grateful that this man is still alive and still making movies god god help us all when when the day comes that you know when when he passes on and i don't want to think on that because and i'm just grateful that we still have scorsese that's made iconic films and he's just you know he's so passionate and just committed and the dedication it's like no but no one does it like him in my eyes. There's some. There's so many great directors in in Hollywood, but I think none do it like Scorsese does. You know, just his impact. The amount of upcoming directors or directors that we have today have all said that Scorsese played a part in wanting them in them wanting to be a director because of Scorsese and how much inspiration that man has. And it's funny because you know as as the years have gone on. You know, even I've wanted to do my own films and even I take inspiration from Scorsese because, you know, he's just, he's a, I don't want to say, when I say he's a powerful man, I mean, he's powerful in terms of cinema, in terms of how he is. Don't get me wrong, there are, there are other greats as well, like Hitchcock and Kubrick and that, but for me, I think Scorsese is really one of the greats of our time and I think, you know, People have just got to stop losing their minds over his comments of what he says because about comic book movies. And now I'm not going to get too political with that, but he just gives his. He's just saying what he's what he doesn't. He just doesn't think that's cinema to him. You know, cinema can be anything. You know, if you think that the God, if you not the Godfather films, right? If you think that the DC films are cinema, 
then you can think that. Not everyone's going to agree with you on that. If you think that all oh, the Marvel films are cinema, then that's your opinion. People will or won't agree with you. If you want to say that, you know, films in the early 2000s are cinema, you go say that. It, it's opinions and views that I really wish that we would stop taking so literate and would just understand that there are different views and not everyone has to like the same as each other. I really think that's the big, the biggest issue we have in in films today is that if you don't like a film that someone else likes, that's it. You're, you're the enemy. You're the bad person. And I'm just like, that's such a, that's such a, a, a dangerous, such a dangerous, arrogant comment to make. You know, if, if you don't agree with that person, then, you know, you hate them or, you know, you have, you have to, that people have to agree with you. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I think you should like whatever you want to like how you want to like it, regardless of what anybody thinks or says. There are some films that I like that not all people agree with, and that's okay. But it's what's not okay is forcing someone to like something else and then hating on them or going mad about it and giving them hassle for it. And you're just like, that's that's a dick move in my eyes. You know, everybody's different, everyone has their own taste, and I think it's the same thing with Scorsese. He doesn't like Marvel films, okay, great, go grow up and get a bucket. Get get a helmet and a bucket. Who cares? You know? He he comes from a different era of, of, of what film is to of what cinema is to him. You know, you you think about it, we are in this day and age with cinema, we're very CGI, big budget type films. There's no there is room for art, like true cinema art, but it's very rare that we get that. And there are some some films that do that. Like, for example, the A24 films, I feel they're art cinema and, and everything like that. But cinema can be anything. Cinema can be anything. Whatever you think is cinema, cinema can be anything. I mean, Scorsese said it great in an interview. He said it, uh, cinema to him is when you go back and it still has an impact on you. He was like, that's cinema. And I 100% agree. There are films that... I've gone back to that I watched when I was a kid and I and I'm like oh my gosh wow like it still has that impact on me like one film in particular Inception for me that is cinema because whenever I go back to watching Inception I always look back on that and just go wow like it still blows me away and it still manages to mess with my head because I'm like wait so did they did he wait you know it still quest makes you question things you know I feel that um Shawshank Redemption is another example that for me is my favorite film of all time in my eyes anyway uh and that for me is cinema you know it still winds me up that Andy Dufresne gets framed for wrongs, gets wrongly accused for the murder of his wife. And then you find out who it is. Spoiler alert. If you've not watched Shawshank, where the hell have you been hiding? And then you find out that the um, one of the inmates knows that someone lied about it. And you're just like, what? It still shocks me. The Green Mile, another one, is another one that's similar to me. But... You know, cinema is anything. Cinema can be anything you want it to be. And I think, you know, there's no... the cool, the, the, Listen, the coolest thing about film is that there's no label. There's no label on what's right and what's wrong. You know, I just don't like how... T- 
toxic film can be sometimes film communities can be sometimes about films and if you if you don't like it you know there are some films that i don't like but even if i don't like them i don't i don't go and trash them i'm just like wasn't for me and then i'm just like oh but i really like this film though you know and i think what we need to what we should try to do is just talk about things that we do enjoy and talk about things that we like not trash films or trash other artists or trash other people and that. I mean you're always going to get people that are going to be negative and talk differently on their opinions and stuff and and everything but you know you can't really let them you know dictate your your views and your opinions and and everything like that your your views uh, discourage you sorry your views and opinions should only be should be your own and if you want to express them and give them out to the world then that's cool but it depends on, it's how you say it and how you come across and say it. If you go around and say that that film is shit, I absolutely hate it, you need to hate this film too. You're just not, why? why? Why do you need to do that? You could say, I don't like this film, but I'm glad you liked it. You know, I had a friend who, who wasn't a big fan of uh, Dune and he thought I was going to go mad. And I was like, dude, like, you like what you want to like. I think, you know, a lot of people said that they did. So there was quite a few people that didn't like Dune, and that's okay. You know, not everyone's on board. For me, I loved it. I loved it for many reasons, but, you know, I'm, you could say I'm biased because of the, of the cast, or because it's Denis uh, Villeneuve, or, you know, it, it, it is what it is. But I'm not one of those trashers. I like everything, everything, even musicals. There's nothing wrong with musicals. La La Land is one of my favorite musicals. There's nothing wrong with it. Even Mamma Mia. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, dude, I even liked Barbie. There's nothing wrong with liking Barbie. It's a film. Get over it. You know, it doesn't... Nothing def, does not... It doesn't define you. It doesn't... You know, it doesn't mean that you like Barbie dolls or anything like that. It doesn't... Def, excuse me, sorry. It doesn't define anything. All that just matters is whether you liked it or not. And if you didn't, okay. But if you did, fantastic. And... Without going off on a tangent about that, the point that I'm making with all that, because I have a habit of branching off, so please forgive me. But it's just, you know, with what Scorsese says in his comments and how people get divided by it. And I'm just like, you, you know, people saying like, oh, get away, get lost grandpa and all those. And I just think it's it's so disrespectful. I mean, I've never met, obviously, I've never met the man. I, I would die if I got the chance to meet the man. But, you know, I just think it's disrespectful because this is someone who whose impact on cinema is it's undescribable his impact on cinema is unbelievable and his films speak for themselves you know taxi driver casino mean streets uh, the departed wolf of wall street you know um i want to see the aviator but i can't remember. i don't know if he did or didn't irishman you know there's raging bull this man has hugo as well you know this man's impact on cinema is one goodfellas sorry as well is one is a force to not be reckoned with just because not not even just because anything like his impact on cinema is unquestionable i mean bong joon ho bong joon ho at an when he won for parasite i believe he said he said something about Martin Scorsese and got the whole audience to applause Martin Scorsese. That just tells you how much of an inspiration that man is. And you know he's he's 
he is an Academy Award winner and he got it for Departed. I think he should have had it for a couple of other films. But he is incredible. His take, his daughter, I think it's his daughter or his granddaughter, I don't know, does the TikToks and he's absolutely hilarious. That man, he knows how to have a laugh, you know. But Scorsese's impact is just unbelievable. So many iconic films, as I said. I don't, the, there will never be another Scorsese. He's unbelievable. He just actually reached on uh, GQ on YouTube. They released an in, a conversation that he had with Timothy Chalamet because he just uh, recently directed a, an ad for Blur, the, um, the aftershave with Timothy Chalamet. And I was there thinking, like, I'd love to see Timothy Chalamet in a Scorsese film. I think he'd be great. But what you got to understand, with Killers of the Flower Moon, it's just... This is a review, but I feel like it's also a, 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 like a, a director special of Martin Scorsese. But it, it's just passion because I really do. I, I, I admire Martin Scorsese and I'm a big fan of his work and what he does and how, and, you know, how he does things and stuff. And more, you know, I am meant to talk about Killers of the Wild Moon, but this is, a, you know, it, it's still on the same topic of cinema, you know, but his impact on this is incredible. I mean, like I said then, I, I mean, I want to go back and I want to just go and spend, if I could, just spend all day watching Killers of the Flower Moon three, four times in a day. Well, it's three and a half hours, so probably twice in a day and, and do the same thing again and just get lost in it because I feel as well, when you can get lost in a film, when you really are deeply connected into a film, you can get lost in a film, to me, that's cinema. And I, I got, I was just dazzled and I was just really in there with this film. And I, just, and I was just there going like, oh my God. You know, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to see it again. And I'm working all weekend. And there's a couple of films that are coming out next week. And I was like, I don't want to see anything else but, but Killers of the Flower Moon. You know, I, I was like, I, this film, it was just incredible. Incredible. And I just, it is a film of the year for me. It really is. I gave it a five on Letterboxd. I would have given it a hundred out of a hundred because there is nothing for me. It is a perfect, it's a pit, 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 pit. I can't even believe it's all today. It is tip top, tip top. <laughs> yeah, tip top, tipperoo, pitch perfect film. There is incredible. You know, as I said, the actors are incredible. I just, I am truly lost for words because you know it's oh man it's insane it's the same it's the same i think it's kind of the same feeling as what i got was when i, when I was watching oppenheimer with christopher nolan because that was on another level um newsflash that oppenheimer is available on blu-ray next month on november 21st i'm so excited for that but for me like i don't know there are there are a lot of films that I've been... That there are certain films that I think you get emotionally invested in. Or just invested in so well. And Killers of the Flower Moon is one of those films that you you get in. From, as I said, from, from the acting, the writing. You know, just... You know, you're transformed. Going back to the 1920s with the Osage Nation. And... It's just... It's incredible, you know, it, it is just 
fantastic. And I think it's, as I said, it is a film that should be studied. It's, it's a film that should be um, looked into, well, studied, yeah, as I said. It's a, But it's a film that should be taught because how they made that film, you're just like, oh, my God. And it's not that it, look, I understand that people aren't prepared to watch a 200, 207 minutes of a film. And I can get that. But I don't think that you should ignore this film by any means. I think if you can get the chance to, you should definitely give this a watch. If you don't feel comfortable watching it in the cinema, it'll probably be on Apple TV soon. But I still think you should give it. I mean, I was so happy that I got to see this in cinema, actually. I cannot, I cannot explain how happy I was that I got to see this in, in cinema. Because if I had to watch this at home, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. Because, well, I would have done. But at the same time, you know... I just, I don't, you know, I, I can, I can say this in another episode, but I'll say this is that I'm not a big fan, like stuff like Netflix films and stuff, like, it's not the same as watching it in the cinema, you know, it's like the other day, uh, Ridley Scott announces that he's re- going to release a four hour cut of Napoleon on Apple TV, I'm like, forget that, release it on Blu-ray, mate, you know, every, not, ev- I don't, streaming films is one and I've, 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 I've had plenty of talks with people where, you know, I've said I don't agree with streaming at home because you don't get the full experience. You don't get the full sound and elements of it. You know, could you imagine watching something like Avengers at, in your own home? You wouldn't experience the full sound. Whereas in a cinema, you know, most cinemas now are about 71 or a 7.2 surround sound system, which means you hear stuff that you wouldn't hear if you was at home, or if you had headphones on. You know, you don't get the full atmosphere as you do in a cinema. You don't get the full attention to detail, because, you know, the, watching it on a on a big screen compared to a TV screen is, no, is, is, is completely different. And I think, if you know, if, if you're watching a film on your TV, unless it's a 4K TV, HD ready, I mean, but even, even, but even with a 4K HD TV, I don't think you're going to experience the full, the full grasp of the film, whatever the film is, you know, and I think when you watch something like Killers of the Flower Moon, it is really, it is truly well and deserves to be seen on the big screen, if you can, you know, as I said then, if you get the chance to watch this in cinemas, give it a watch, because it's fantastic, you know, it's unbelievable, and I think, you know, it's in, it's just, it's just incredible how how this film came about. I say how this film came about. It's just inc. Well, yeah, actually, it is incredible how this film came about, but it's also a huge achievement for Scorsese and and the and the cast and the crew. And I think that it is. it should not be missed. I think everyone should watch this at some point. And I think, you know, I'm 26, so this will stay with me for the rest of my life. It is incredible. And I think, you know, it, for me, it, <laughs> as you can probably tell, it really did leave me speechless because you, you, you're taking in everything, you know. You're taking in this story and it's just beautifully shot, shot. It's incredibly rich and 
the details and the level of this film um, are just insane. It, they, they, they really... They really are insane. I... I will definitely see this film again. But, you know, I just can't... Just can't explain to you how good this film is. Because, well, I have, but you know what I mean? Like, just the depths of the level of this film is just monumental. It's an extraordinary film that everyone should see at least once in their life. You know, how this film was made. Uh, how this film was made. Yeah, actually, no, no, sorry, yeah. How this film was made and everything about this film is exactly what we're missing in today in Hollywood. You know, and as I said, cinema and Hollywood do not deserve Scorsese because this man is passionate, he's dedicated and committed to making the best films he possibly can. And I think that if this doesn't get nominated for any Oscars or anything like that, it will be a huge disappointment because not that Oscars or any or you know anything like that, they they don't mean shit as far as I'm concerned. But it should be recognized by the by the Academy, by the BAFTA, by the Golden Globes and that. I mean, we've, we've got a lot going on with the SAG strikes and stuff still, but and when that will happen, when that will get resolved, I don't know. But it there are so many iconic performances in this. I think Lily Gladstone will definitely get nominated. I think Leo DiCaprio will, and I even think Robert De Niro will as well for Best Supporting Actor. Um, but it was just... Oh man, you can probably hear it just how I'm explaining it, but it's really hard to explain because this film was incredible. In fact, incredible doesn't even come close to how good this film was. This film was 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 a true masterpiece and a cinematic masterpiece, and one that I think should be talked about for a while. If people, all I'm going to say is on this is if people are going to moan about. You know, the runtime of it, don't watch it. It's as simple as that. If you're going to moan about the, the, the length of the time of it, don't watch it. You know, I don't want to be snobbish and say only real cinema fans will watch this for two and a half, for three and a half hours long. But I would say that if you're a fan of Scorsese, you're a fan of Leo, fan of Robert De Niro, Brendan Fraser, Jesse Plemons, then I think you should definitely go and watch this. And I even think that Lily Gladstone herself, she's going to be getting projects getting offered to her because she's an incredible actress you know the fact that she was close to quitting and then she got a call from De Niro, from De Niro from Scorsese to ask her to star in this film just tells you how much like just tells you everything and I really think that she she should same with is it Jeremy White from The Bear I think it's Jeremy White I could be right white sorry I could be wrong but she was just she should be given any project she wants to do and do everything because she's a fantastic actress and I hope that she still continues to carry on acting because in this film she proven to us not even proven it to herself, sorry actually, but she's shown everyone of how incredible she is. I haven't seen anything in her in and I want to go and watch her filmography and the film that she films that she has been in because she's a fantastic actress. But I really think this is a, a for me, for her, actually, I would say it's a career best for her because she was incredible. For Leo, I don't know, because Leo's made so many iconic films. I don't know if it is his career best. Not that I'm critiquing him, because he's a fantastic actor. And Robert De Niro, 
I would say this has definitely been one of his best films he's done in a while. I would even say it's one of his better roles, even better role than The Irishman, in my opinion. I could be wrong. People could, could for, uh, could, argue differently on that and give different views. But, but look, Killers of the Flower Moon, a fantastic film, a fantastic film. Um, it is incredible. It's a five out of five, ten out of ten. It is a masterpiece. It's a true cinematic masterpiece for me. It is film of the year for me. And it is just absolutely unbelievable. I cannot tell you how happy I am I got to see this. It's the only it's one of the things that have been keeping me going this week. I've had a lot going on and I know when I got to see this film uh a day before release, which was just great because I thought I was like, this is perfect, I'm working all weekend, but I gotta see this the day before. I was like, I could not have asked for a better thing for I could not have asked for this so if any world listen to this or at all, just want to say thank you to them because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be able to watch this the day early. It was incredible, um, but this film was just unbelievable. I really think that you should people should definitely give this a watch and not skip it and not miss this. I really think everyone should watch this because it is a true masterpiece and a true film, a true cinematic masterpiece. Sorry. It is extraordinary. It's a monumental film with incredible performances. Cinematography is unbelievable. The writing is very is incredibly well written. It's beautifully shot. Scorsese's just outdone himself with this. He has made a phenomenal film, and has made film of the year for for me. And there's I don't think there's another. There's a lot of there's a couple of other films that are coming out as I stated before, but I don't think. There's going to be anything that's going to come close to this, to, to replacing uh, Killers of the Flower Moon for me. As it stands, my top four films of the year, actually, are Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Spider-Verse, uh, Cross the Spider-Verse, sorry, and Past Lives. For me, those are my top four films of the year. Um, but I'm also curious, what are your top four films of this year? If you have a top four, or what's been your top film of the year? I've seen a lot of people, especially on Twitter, um, if you want to give me a follow, uh, Twitter is a post said what. But I've seen a lot of people having John Wick in their top fours, or Guardians of the Galaxy, or Across the Spider Verse, Mission Impossible, Past Lives. I think for me, this this year has been a great year for cinema. There's been some great films coming out. You know, some have been questionable and everything, but I really do think that there have been some great films coming out this year, and it's been a great year. And I can't wait to see what else. I mean, I'm a, I am quite pissed that Bite Riders has been delayed due to the SAG strikes that are still going on. Which I think I am going to give. Uh, I am going to do a, a, an episode on on that, um, which is a real shame because I was really looking forward to it. It's Jeff Nichols with Jodie Comer and Austin Butler and Tom Hardy, and I was really looking forward to that. Um, but there is a couple of other films such as Saltburn, Ferrari, uh, Hunger Games. Um, I think that's it. There's a couple of others I'm looking forward to, um, but there there has been some great films coming out this year. So I think that just pretty much wraps it up on Killers of the Flower Moon. I will do. I will take. I will take a little short break and then I'll do another. Um, just give another brief talk. Uh, just to explain some stuff that's been going on in terms of the podcast and myself. So I will get. Into, I will. Just, I will we'll take a short little break in a minute. Um. And then I'll just go back on it. But for me, if you get the chance, go watch Killers of the Flower Moon. 
you will not be disappointed in my opinion if you're as i said before if you're a fan of killers of the if you're a fan of martin scorsese if you're a fan of leonardo dicaprio robert de niro lily gladstone i think you're really going to enjoy this film so yeah i would I, 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 film of the year for me it's cinema it's a true cinematic masterpiece hollywood does not deserve cin uh, martin scorsese that man has made a monumental film an extraordinary film that should be studied and looked at so that that's my review i would 10 out of 10 5 out of 5 it is a true masterpiece so with that being said we're just going to take a little short break and i will be back right after this um just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode um so yeah i will be back shortly just after this quick little break uh, and that pretty much wraps it up for my review on Killers of the Flower Moon. Go and see it. It's a fantastic film. I'll see you. Sh I'll see you uh, just after this break. Thank you. Well, it's good, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for that little short break. Uh, just had to clear my thoughts and everything with everything that I talked about with the review. This is only just a quick one. Should only be about two minutes, three minutes at the max. At the, at the max, maybe. Um, but it's just to say that I checked the statistics um, before, and in total I've had a, a hundred so far. I've had a hundred and fifteen plays, which is just absolutely incredible. I I cannot. I'm just blown away by the plays on on this and how people just listen to me chunter on about films. It really means a lot, and I'm forever grateful for this. You know, I I started this back in june i want to say so i've been doing it for a couple of months um now and and, and it's just absolutely in it's unbelievable because you know i i was i had thought about doing about a podcast for for quite some time but you know i didn't think it was possible and then i was listening to another podcaster joe longo podcaster actually podcaster joe longo's podcast and there was a little ad saying about, you know, you can do your own, it's simple. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And, you know, I did it and it was scary. And the responses from, from people, close friends have, have been overwhelming. And even people at my local cinema back at home, because I'm, I'm away for uni, even the responses from them, you know, it's been great. And, and even on Twitter, people saying, there was one uh, one guy who said that, you know, he went back and watched all the Mission Impossibles because of my review on Mission Impossible. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I, I was just blown away by that. But we've had 100 and pl 150 in plays in total so far. Uh, Dumb Money had six plays. And then I also found out that there's 12, uh, 12 followers or 12 people who are subscribed, I don't know, which is absolutely insane. Um, it, it, it's crazy. Honestly, it's it it means the world to me. I'm I'm forever grateful, uh, for this. You know, I I didn't know where this was gonna go, and starting off small, and that's how you start. It's baby steps, and you get where you want to be. And it's just it, it it's just insane. It just, it's like wow, people actually want to listen to me talk about films, and it's cool, like because I can talk about films forever, as people as you know from doing this podcast, but I feel that you know I could do this better than type or write out um reviews and stuff because i'm my you know my grammar's not the best and punctuality isn't good either but 
seeing that I can talk about it, how easy it is, it's just, it's insane. It it really is. You know, I um I should have had about, I want to say I should have had about 20, play, 20, 20 episodes now. Um, but I've just had a lot going on. I mean, <laughs> in fact, I should have had one for the creator, but I realized I said, uh, who, who was the director's name? I can I said Gareth Evans or another director and said the wrong name. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I had to delete that. So this should have been episode 17, but I deleted that. And then obviously I watched Saw 10, which I thought was fantastic. It was brilliant. I have been keeping up with films. In fact, Killers of the Flower Moon makes it uh, the ninety the makes it my 91st film of the year. So I'm nine away from 100 films being watched, which should be easy done. There's a couple of films on Netflix and Amazon and Disney Plus to watch, so never know. I might have 120 or 130 films watched by the end of this year, which is will be insane. Last year, I just made the 100 mark, actually. Um, there were some films that came out last year, but came out this year, so technically there are 2023 20, films in the UK. Um, some I didn't get to watch, um, but it's it's been insane. I've been keeping up with them. It's just been a bit hard of trying to do this and juggle union everything else I've had a lot going on mentally and physically um but I am okay you know uh, the other day I, I got to see Boys in the Hood in, on the big screen which was insane it was incredible um if I'm mis- not mistaken there's about six films I'm going to see next week there's It Lives Inside Gravity Gets a 10th Anniversary um Psycho The Theatrical Cut which will be my first Hitchcock film I'm so excited for that but uh, I can't. Oh, and Five Nights at Freddy. So that's about four. I think. And oh, with a Straight Out of Compton as well, which is a really good. Uh, probably one of my favorite biopic films. Actually, I haven't watched that film for a while. I don't know if it's the extended cut or the um, theatrical cut. If it's the director's cut, it's going to be great because there are scenes from the trailer that weren't in the theatrical but are in the extended cut, and you can actually watch the uh, extended cut uh, as well. But. This was just a quick one just to, you know, just to give a view or an update on stuff and everything like that. I was hoping to do one, actually, just to say that I'm hoping to get one up and done. But, you know, I've, I, I took a little break from, um, it's still episode 16. This is just a little breather just to see where I'm at and everything. But here we are. So I said this was going to be two, three minutes long and nearly at six minutes. <laughs> Have a habit of that. But no, I, I'm doing okay. I'm doing well. I'm just trying to get everything sorted. Films, you know, play a huge part in my life and... Uh, trying to keep myself going and trying to keep calm about things and everything but going to the cinema is is therapy for me you know I'm trying trying to keep my best and doing the best that I can I think that's all anyone any of us can do is just to keep on going and not give up so if you're struggling out there I just want to say that I'm, I'm sorry to hear that but I hope that you know things get better and they will get better um, and I, I hope we're all doing well I mean we're at the weekend we're at the weekend baby let's have some fun let's let your hair down and Go out and get Gillian McKeith. It's a little joke if, if you don't get that. If that went over your head, okay, don't worry. <laughs> but no, for real, like, you know, just let your hair down, have a good weekend, and let, let's just have a good weekend. So I'm currently in all weekend at the work, but I'm going to be watching, going to be making sure I'm going to be at the cinema next week for about four or five films I'm, I'm going to be seeing. Um, there's a couple of unlimited screenings coming up. There's a secret screening coming up soon as well. So yeah, 
but this was just a quick one just to say like where I'm at and where things are going on. I I do feel as well I'm going to do an episode on the SAG strike and everything because that's still going on in today. That's still going on. Uh, people are still protesting for fair pay, which, you know, studios apparently don't want to give 2% of revenue and costumes to their uh, actors and writers and everyone, which is stupid. And Disney's just made a, a is now 100 years old and they're celebrating that. And I'm like, you want to celebrate that, but you can't pay your actors, right? Get in the bin. So, but just wanted to say that, you know, just where I'm at and everything. But thank you so much for listening to this whole app, to this episode of, uh, of my review of Killers of the Flower Moon. I, I, it means a lot that people listen and that how uh, the last review I did was Dumb Money, which was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and I'm, I'm forever grateful for people listening and following. It means the world to me. So, yeah, thank, thank you so much. It really does mean a lot. Um, I just took a little break, as I said, and then mentioned that. And, and so this will be like an hour or longer. So, but thank you for listening. This was episode 16 on Cinema Conversations with Poe. I've been your host, Poe. Thank you so much. If you want to uh, follow me on my Twitter, it's Post Ed Watt. Um, you can go there and follow and we can talk, whatever. Um, still don't have an Instagram. I have a Facebook page, but I haven't really done much with the Facebook page, to tell you the truth. But yeah, if you want to follow, talk, you can just follow me on there. I am trying to hope to get a YouTube page sorted, maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll just see what's going on, but... Yeah, thank you so much for tuning. Thank you for so like, can't get me words out. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you for listening to this, and I will see you in the next episode, which will be episode seventeen. I don't know what film it will be. Uh, what review it will be on? What film I'll be reviewing on? But it will definitely be episode seventeen, and I'm hoping I can get more episodes going on as the year uh, comes to an end. But thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in, and everybody. I hope you're all doing well. Wishing, uh, sending you all love, and I hope you all have a great weekend, and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you, and I will see you there.